Then there's some flowers as well for the mothers. Just make sure that when you pull the flower up, you kind of shake it so the dirt uh, falls out uh, on that area. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are here by the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you have a word for us today, God. And I thank you that every word we hear is one more step closer to you. If we obey, one more step closer to your glory, one more step closer to uh, loving you and seeing your face in peace. Because we are called not to be just hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word as well. God, we are servants we're either servants of sin and slaves or servants of Jesus Christ and slaves. It's one or the other. There's, there's no middle ground. For your word says that no man can serve two masters. There's only two masters in this world, Satan and Jesus Christ, the Savior and Lord of the world. And Father, we choose to serve you. And we're in a series called A Servant Servant, Lord. And I pray that our hearts are growing in servanthood. Lord, we need to humble ourselves. Everyone today is fighting for their rights, fighting for, the, for their voice to be heard, fighting for this, fighting to rise. But God, we fight to go low. We fight to humble ourselves and go down. We fight to not be filled with pride. We fight, God, to serve you instead of ourselves. And today we learn what a servant's response sounds like. What does it sound like to serve God? What does it sound like when he asks you to do something? What should the posture and position of your heart be? What should your voice say? So Jesus, will you help us today? Because we all desire to see your face in peace. God, what a privilege it is right now to be alive, to be hearing the word of God, to make the, the adjustments we need to make in our faith so that we might not be lost, but we might be found in you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we talk about a servant's servant, and we do honor mothers today. And a mother begins serving someone before they even see the child. Before a child is even born, a mother is serving that baby. Every meal is being served to the child. The mother is carrying the child in the womb, protecting the child, so already serving the child. And we know that after a child is born, the mother really begins to serve that child. So we don't need to look any further than what a servant's servant looks like than a mother. And even if it wasn't Mother's Day, this would still be true. How many are appreciative of the mothers that you had? Let's make some noise for our moms. Amen. Amen. They may not have been perfect, but that was your mother. And your mother deserves honor. I don't care how good she was or how bad she was. She deserves honor. And the word of God says that we are to honor both our mother and father so that our days upon this earth will be long. So today we're talking about a servant's servant and what a servant's response looks like. The Lord's servant will respond with humility and obedience and always obtain his favor. So let me tell you that again. The Lord's servant, so if you are saved, and if you are, if you are saved, that means that you're also serving God. And the Lord's servant 
responds with humility. Church, can you say humility? If you're the Lord's servant, you respond with humility. You humble yourself. You don't fight God. It's wild how sometimes we have more humility for our natural bosses than we do for God. Our natural bosses tell us to do something, and we may say, yes, sir, or yes, ma'am, and we make sure that we get it done just the way they ask. We humble ourselves. Why? Because it affects our pockets. It affects our livelihood. We don't want to lose our job. But we must begin to go further than just the way that we serve men and women, but we must humble ourselves before God. So the Lord's servant responds with humility and obedience. Can you say obedience, church? That's not a word that we love, but it is a word that God loves, right? Because obedience is God's love language. So we're not able to say that we love God if we don't obey God. Because the word of God says that if you love me, you will obey me. Amen. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your help this morning. Holy Spirit, I thank you for an anointing upon me to preach and teach your word this morning. Holy Spirit, I thank you for an anointing upon those who are listening to this word right now. Father, I pray direct access to their hearts, God, fleshly hearts. I come against any stony hearts in this place right now in Jesus' name. Would you humble every heart to hear your word because time is running out. Time Time is running out, and we must position ourselves to be servants of the Lord, servants of the Most High God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so the Lord's servant responds with humility and obedience, and there's good news for that. We always obtain his favor. So when you're a servant of God, you respond in humility to what he's asking for, and then you also are obedient to do what he says to do, and then you will always obtain the favor of the Lord. As a young boy, my father would always say this to me, Damien, if I wouldn't have to ask you to do stuff, then I wouldn't mind doing things for you. But I didn't take my father at his word. I didn't, I didn't believe him. Right. And uh, so when I went to ask him things, you know what I mean? It was with reluctancy and hesitancy that I obtained the favor of his pocket sometime. But he's saying, Damon, if you want to know the secret of my favor, if you would just be have a willing heart, if you would do things even before I ask, because you know the things that please me, you know, the grass needs cut. You know, think, you know these things need done, and if I wouldn't have to ask you to do them, I wouldn't mind showing you my favor. So it's the same with our Heavenly Father. He wants us to be humble, and he wants us to be obedient, and then we know that we will obtain his favor. Today, we're really going to be focused on the responses of his servants. So today's message is entitled, A Servant's Response. Let's go to Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. We're going to learn about the response of two people today, Mary, uh, the, the, the mother of God, the mother of Jesus Christ, and then also Samuel, the prophet Samuel. We're going to learn their strategies for being a servant. We're going to see their responses. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, your word is not dead. Your word is alive. So we just pray that as this word comes out, that our hearts and minds would shift to respond the way that your servants should truly respond. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. 
And it says this, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, you remember Nazareth, right? They say that, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? So God knows his way to Nazareth, and God also knows his way to Lima, Ohio. Is that how you say that? What's the name of this town? Lima? Okay. Lima, Ohio. God knows his way to Lima, all right? So if he knows his way to Nazareth, if he can find Mary in Nazareth, he can find you in Lima. Say this with me. He can find me wherever I am. All right, so you don't worry about God finding you. You just be in a position to be found. You just be in a position to serve God, okay? So in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. What was her name? Mary. So we see here that Mary was engaged. So look, let's look at her life right now, okay? Because one of the main reasons that we don't have the proper response to God that we need to have many times is because our life dictates to us what we can and cannot do. But Mary, look at Mary's life. She's very young right now, she, and she is engaged to be married, and she was also a virgin, meaning that she had never been with a man. So she's engaged, but yet still a virgin, still pure. The next thing we see about her is uh, uh, imagining what her life is right now. So she's young. She's, she's planning a wedding. She's all excited about that. Her life, uh, Joseph has proposed to her. Just think about the excitement that she has in her life and, uh, okay, what colors am I going to have in the wedding? Where are we going to live? How, what, kind of, what kind of wife am I going to be? So her, her life is moving forward. So it doesn't say that she was just sitting around doing nothing. She was engaged and ready to be married. Now let's look at verse 28. And the angel came to her and said, Hail, Thou art highly favored, okay, or hello, all right? This is a greeting from the angel of God. Thou art highly favored. How favored was Mary? Highly. Come on. She had, wait a minute. She's highly favored, and she hasn't done anything for God yet? She's highly favored, and she hasn't had the, the, the uh, Jesus. She hasn't carried him yet. She hasn't done anything, but she's already found favor with God. We need to pay attention to this. I want you to learn that the blessings that come of being a servant. There's too many people in the world right now that treat God like he's our servant. Like, God, I need you to do this, and God, do this, and God, do that. No, we need to reverse that thing and humble ourselves and say, you know what? No, I am a servant of God, okay? So let's keep looking at this. And he says this to her. Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou among women. So Mary was highly favored. How did she obtain this favor? Okay, because God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So we can also have this favor that Mary had. Let's listen to how Mary got this favor. We're going to have to turn to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. If you want the favor of God in your 
your life. The favor of God is incredible. The favor of God is a tsunami of grace. The favor of God is a tsunami of blessings. The favor of God will overwhelm you. The favor of God moves natural things out of your way. So you're trying to move forward, but the bank says your credit is not good enough. A tsunami of God's favor will come at that situation and knock that out of the way and said, nope, nothing will stop me from blessing you, okay? The doctor says you've only got three months to live or you're, you, you have high blood pressure and diabetes because your parents had it. No, the favor of God is a tsunami that will come and knock those things down out of the way. Matthew 19, 26 says, for with men it is impossible, but church, can you say with God? See, that's the favor I'm talking about. Like, when you have God in your life, you have his power and you have his favor. There's things that are utterly impossible if God is not on your side. But when God is for you, who can be against you? This is how we obtain the favor of God. We have to be with God. We have to honor God. Proverbs 3, 1 through 4 says this, my child. So how did Mary obtain favor? What did her life look like up to this point to where an angel of the Lord comes and says, you are highly favored? How do people obtain the favor of God? Proverbs 3, 1 through 4 says this, my child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then, church, can you say then? Then you will find, hallelujah, then you will find favor with both God and people and you will earn a good reputation. So church, I'm telling you this morning that faith is conditional. That there's some things that you've got to do in order to obtain the favor of God. The favor of God is not automatic. You've got to do these things that he's asking you to do. And the main ingredient that I see in that passage is just obedience and not forgetting the things that you were taught. How many remember some of mom's lessons still? And, and the reason you remember some of those lessons is because there was some leather that went with some of those lessons. <laughs> Or there were some branches that went with some of those lessons. I don't know how you got reminded, right, about those lessons, but God says this, to whom the Lord loves, he chastens, right? He brings corrections to, right? And some of us had some moms that were some championship level whoopers, right? That they could really, really put it to you. All right, but we thank God because that, that was a reminder to do the right thing, right? You can't correct someone. See, discipline is not just applying a, uh, uh, spanking to someone. Uh, discipline is also teaching. So if you don't teach them, then how will they ever learn, right? And you really shouldn't be spanking a child if you haven't taught them the thing that you're just spanking them for. Amen? All right? Because there's a line between abuse and love, right? All right, that's another sermon. All right. But anyway, in order to obtain the favor of God, Mary was doing these things. She did not forget the things that she was taught. She stored the commandments of God in her heart. She allowed loyalty and kindness to never leave her. She hid them deep within her heart, and then she found the favor of God. The next thing it says is this. The Lord was with her. So what draws the Lord close to us? 
James 4 and 8. Here, this church, I'm trying to teach you something. I'm trying to keep you from trying to have to work 65 hours a week. I'm trying to teach you how to get the favor of God. I would rather have the favor of God than some lofty job, right? I would rather have the favor of God. I would rather have the favor of God so I'm not having to work for blessings. So blessings are just being added to me just because of my love and obedience towards God. Get you some favor. That should be a t-shirt. Let's keep going. How did Mary allow the Lord to draw close to her? The angel of the Lord says, the Lord is with you. How do we as servants also get the Lord close to us? Let's go to James 4 and 8. And it says this, here, the, here are the instructions. This is why you must read your Bible. And not just read your Bible, but study your Bible. Because if you do the things that are outlined in the Bible, you will find favor, you will find blessings, you will find health and strength. All these things are available to you if you will read and apply the word of God to your life. So how was Mary close to the Lord? What brought the Lord close to her life? James 4 and 8 says this, come close to God and God will come close to you. So when you draw near to God, God draws near to you. Amen. Uh, brother, can I use you for a moment? All right, just stand over there facing me. All right. And so when I take a step, I want you to take a step, okay? This is how Mary found favor with the Lord, all right? So she took, she take a step towards him. Lord, I love you. Lord, I need you. Lord, there's none like you. She'd have problems in her life. Lord, I trust you. These problems are not bigger than you. You are Jehovah Jireh. You're my provider. Maybe she had experienced some sickness in her life. Lord, I thank you that you are my healer and I put my trust in you. Yes, I thank you that uh, you, you can send me to the doctor, but God, ultimately the healing comes from you. Lord, I trust you for my salvation. Come on, get closer. Get me. Come on. Lord, I trust you. You are, you are near and dear to me. You see, see what happened there? As I took steps towards the Lord, what did the Lord do? Took steps towards me. Thank you, brother. All right. So that is how the Lord came close to Mary because the Bible teaches us the closer you get to God, the closer he comes to you. How many know this to be true? That as you've been serving the Lord and faithful to the Lord over these years, that you've seen the blessings of God overtake your life. Why? Because you've drawn near to him. And when you draw near to him, he draws near to you. All right. The next thing the angel said was blessed among women. All right. So how was this status of blessing obtained by her? And how can we get these blessings as well? Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses 1 and 2 says this. Okay. If... You fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commandments that I am giving you today. The Lord your God will set you high, will set you high above all the nations of the world. Remember, she was told blessed and blessed are you above women, right? You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. So this teaches us that blessings and obedience work hand in hand. That as you obey God, you begin to experience the blessings of God. Amen. So that's how she was blessed. It should begin to click with us and start to make sense why God would choose Mary. Let's now look at verse 29. And when she saw him, talking about the angel of the Lord Gabriel, she was troubled at his saying. I want you to catch there that it does not say that she was troubled by his appearance. 
it says that she was troubled by his saying and cast in her mind or thought about it in her mind, turned it over in her mind, what manner of salutation or greeting or message this should be. So we're talking about responses. Church, can you say responses? Man, do do you not know that it's your response that saves you? That the Holy Spirit draws you into salvation? And when you respond to say yes to the Lord, that saves you? Do you not know that it's your responses that keep you? That as the Holy Spirit begins to minister to you throughout the, the rest of your life, and you respond and say yes, that he keeps you? All right, our responses are very important. So let's look at the first response of the servant Mary. And her first response was nonverbal. Her first response was a look of fear or confusion or amazement or shock. Again, it wasn't the presence of the angel, but the words that she heard. So she, this is what she heard. Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. So that message that she heard was like, whoa, what if not, not that the angel alone wouldn't even be mystifying and amazing. It's what the angel said. It's like, who, me? Are you talking about me? And the question could be, why me? Why have I found this favor with God? See, this is what I want for every single one of you. I want God to overtake you in blessings in such a way that you begin to say, why me? Like, God, why are you being this good to me? God, how have I obtained this much favor? And I'm laying it out for you. It's by obeying the Lord. It's by humbling yourself. It's by hiding his word in your heart. That is how you obtain the favor of the Lord. It is by drawing nearer to God. That brings him close and you obtain the favor of the Lord. Verse 30 says this, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Found favor. Say this with me. Lord, I thank you for favor. But you have to remember this. Favor isn't automatic. So you need faith before favor. Because you have to put faith in the fact that, okay, if I obey you, God, I'll get favor? Yes. You have to put faith in the fact that, okay, God, if I draw near to you, you'll draw near to me? Yes. So there's no favor without faith. I just pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ that those that sit here today who don't have jobs, who don't have uh, the finances, who don't have the car, who don't have the spouse, all of those who are in need of your favor, because we don't want to find any of these things without you. So, Father, Everyone in here that is in need of favor, may faith arise in them in Jesus' name to begin obeying the commandments. May faith arise in this place in Jesus' name where we all humble ourselves and draw near to God so that we might find favor. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Favor is not found accidentally. God is not the God of the lottery. You just can't go by favor scratch-offs and say, I hope I can find favor on this one. No. Favor comes from obedience. When you obey God, you obtain his favor. Favor comes by drawing near to God. When you come close to God, you get his favor. At some point, you should say to yourself, if you don't have the favor, if you don't have the finances, if you don't have the blessing, you've got to say to yourself, where am I and what have I been doing? How did I get in this wilderness? Why am I so far from help? 
Why am I so far from blessings? How did I get here? And the way that we got here was by not obeying his commandments and by not drawing near to him. This is how we obtain favor. All right, so. And the angel of the Lord said to her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast obtained favor with God. So in order to calm the servant of the Lord, the angel spoke to her again. He knew that he had shocked her with those words, and he still continued to speak and says, you have found favor with God. Verse 31, it says, and behold. Church, can you say that? And behold. And behold. Verse 31 says, and behold. Thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. I want you to listen to me, church. You've heard this story a thousand times, but you have not received the revelation the Holy Spirit wants to give to you about it today. So don't just brush this off as something you've already heard because God's word is alive and active and it can deposit into your spirit today exactly what you've been needing for today and for tomorrow as well. And so again, behold, thou shalt conceive. So, and behold, what does that mean? Well, there's more, right? So not only have you found favor with God, but behold, I've got something else to say. There's something else I want to tell you. Listen and watch what God is about to do. Church, can you say, and behold? How many need some and beholds in their life? How many need, need some of that, right? I want some and beholds, right? They come from being obedient to God. They come from drawing near to God. That's how we get a hold of some and beholds. Verse 32, he shall be great. And he shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give him unto the throne of his father, David. And he shall reign over the house. Can you imagine Mary's mouth right now? All these things. Are you, are you telling me? Wait, wait a minute. You're talking about the Messiah. I've heard this. You're talking about the Messiah. And are you telling me that I'm going to carry the Messiah? Listen to this. And the Lord God shall give him unto the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man or am a virgin? So Mary's second response, second response was verbal. Her first response was nonverbal, right? She was just in shock. Her second response was verbal. We're, we're, we're studying responses. Church, can you say responses? That's what we're learning about today. We're learning about responses, right? Her second response was verbal, all right? And she says, how shall this be? How shall this be? God wants to do some incredible things in your lives. I believe God has told you all some things, maybe through prophets, maybe through dreams, maybe through scripture, that you looked at it and you said, how can this be? And you stopped right there. Your faith did not rise to the occasion. But today we say faith arise in Jesus' name, that no matter how it shall be, we know that you can do it. All right. So we see that her first response was a question. And I want you to know this, that questioning God doesn't mean we're faithless. So just because you ask God a question doesn't mean that you don't have faith. Right. So she was perplexed before. So imagine how much more she is now. So this is what you need to learn about when you question God, because you are allowed to question God. Yes, you're allowed to question God. But what does it look like from a servant standpoint? 
When a servant questions God, it's not to say, I won't comply until I know more, but rather, help me understand what you're asking of me and how it's possible. Church, can you say this to me? Lord, help me understand. Okay, that's a servant's response. So when you don't understand what God is asking you for or what, he's, what he desires to do, you can question God and you can say, God, help me understand. Over eight years ago, I've told you this story. I got a knock on my door. It was my father coming to visit my wife and I. And he said, the, the Lord has told me it's time to hand over the church to you. I said, he did? He said, yes, he did. Right? Dad leaves. I got some questions for God. Is it okay to question God? Do your head like this. Yes. It's okay to question God, not to say I need more information or I'm not going to obey you. It's okay to question God so you can say, God, help me understand. Help me understand. I'm going to say yes, but I just need more understanding. So in that moment when my father left, I said, God, uh, I don't know how to be a pastor. And he said, I do. And that settled it right there. You see how that question blessed me? You see how that, see, that question just came to crush unbelief. So it's okay to question God as long as it's crushing your unbelief, not adding to your unbelief. Like, I don't think you can do this. God, you picked the wrong man. God, are you sure? No, that's not how we question God. We question God for more understanding. Let's go on to verse 35. And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power, this is the how, right? Thank God that God is so patient with us that when we don't understand, he'll answer. So he answers the question. It didn't just say, he didn't just respond, Mary, just believe. He could have, but he didn't. He actually answered the question and said, this is how it's going to happen. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So, in order for Mary to fulfill the purpose God had for her, the Holy Spirit had to rest upon her, and the power of God had to overshadow her. So every single one of you has a God-given purpose, but you're not allowed to live it, and you can't live it without the Holy Spirit. Do we understand that? That you must have the Holy Spirit to do the work that God is calling you to do, right? He is our helper. And on top of that, we have to be overshadowed by God's power. So God's power would come and overcome every physical and spiritual impossibility and fear that existed to make every impossibility possible. Is your wife downstairs? All right, that's Evan. Evan, stand for a moment. So, how many kids do you have now? Four. All right. So, uh, happy Mother's Day four times for, for uh, uh, his, his wife, right? Uh, caring for four. Had three and, and adopted another, right? So, caring for four children. But the doctors told her that she could not have children, right? All right. So, how does she have kids then? Say a little bit louder. He said, but God, right? Let's give God some praise for that. Thank you. Mary was not going to be with a man, 
right? God was going to overshadow her by his power and make an impossibility possible. That's the same thing he did for Olivia. The doctor said, you cannot have children. Say, but God, but God, the power of God overshadowed the impossibility Put, it the, put the right parts in there that needed to be in there so that God could bring forth an impossibility into this world because Olivia and Evan humbled themselves to pray and believe God. Now, does God do that for everyone? No, I can't explain why some women can't have and some women can't have, but praise the Lord that every woman still has God if she desires, right? That is the greatest prize. The greatest possession is Jesus Christ himself. So Father, I pray uh, over mothers right now who maybe had a desire to have a child but, but could not. Father, I thank you that you have been more than enough for them and to them. Father, I also pray for women here who have ever lost children, God. We pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ that the Holy Spirit, church, can you say Holy Spirit? Spirit. That the Holy Spirit would overshadow their grief. That the Holy Spirit would overshadow their mourning. To let them know, Father God, that, that their child did not belong to time, but the child does belong to eternity. And they will see that child then. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you hear that? That's so good. To know that maybe sometimes your children don't belong to time, but they do belong to eternity, and that's where you will see them again. Let's keep moving. Verse 36. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she shall also conceive a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Look at that. Verse 37. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, behold, this is uh, her third response. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Church, this morning we're learning about appropriate, righteous, proper responses for servants to have. And Mary is teaching us this lesson. So we see here that Mary's final response was also verbal, but before she spoke, her faith was satisfied by the word she heard, okay? Because she said, how shall this be? Then the angel of the Lord gave her the message of the Lord, and that satisfied her faith. Church, can you say satisfied? Oh my goodness. That's the thing that really holds back our miracles and blessings more than anything when it comes to faith. At some point, you just got to be satisfied. I'm satisfied with what the Lord said, and that's enough. I don't need to understand anything else. I am satisfied. Servants, can you say satisfied? The reason we don't have many of the blessings that we've been waiting for, because we just can't be, we're just not satisfied. Our souls are just so needy, and we just want things to be the way that we want them. Sometimes you got to understand that God blesses you with job A before you get to job C, because during job A and B, you learn the job that makes you excel in job C. Some of you get upset because God blessed you with apartment A and not house Q, right? You got to start in apartment A 
so you learn how to fix stuff and take care of stuff and sweep and mop before you can go on and graduate to the house. For the word of God says this, if you are faithful over a few things, I will make you ruler over many. So some of us get discouraged and disgruntled at the beginning, and you know what that does? Disqualifies. If you're discouraged and disgruntled at the beginning, if you're not satisfied by doing it the way the Lord said, that can disqualify you from the blessing. So we need to, we need to circle back around our life and say, Lord, did I ever have an attitude problem when you told me to do something? Did I, ever, did I ever question you and you wanted to bless me with something? Do I have some blessings in the storerooms of heaven that have my name on them, but I didn't have the right attitude when you tried to present them to me? I had an attitude about the Ford Escort. I'm not driving no Ford Escort. What would they, they think? I had an attitude about the neighborhood. I had an attitude about the husband, whoever it was. Lord, fix our attitudes so that we might have an appropriate response as your servants. All right, so Mary heard the word of the Lord and it satisfied her faith. Is that biblical? 100%. Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when Mary heard what the angel said in response to her question, how shall this be? Faith came into her and she was satisfied. And when you're satisfied, you'll give the appropriate answer as a servant, all right? So the next thing that Mary says is this, behold, okay? Behold. Behold means I present to you or here I am. So what is the servant's job? Man, God is, I think God really wants to supernaturally bless some of us. Like it's hitting me right now that the reason that you're getting this teaching is because God wants to do some miraculous things in your life. He wants to open you, he wants to openly bless you so that people can ask you questions about how did you get that because that don't match. Excuse my vernacular. That don't match. Like, I know your education and the job that you have doesn't match. I know your financial situation and the the stuff that you have, that doesn't match. I know what the doctor said about your illness and the way that you're up and running and have all this energy doesn't match. We can even look at our dear sister right here. You just had a birthday too, didn't you, not long ago. She is, her age don't matter. All right? But she is one who is full of energy, right? Loves God, has so much joy, right? She can outwork half of you, right? It, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. That's what God wants to do for us. He wants to bless us in such a way that it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. But first... We've got to believe him. But first, we have to obey him. And Mary says in this moment, behold, right? After she had faith, the next word she said was, behold, right? Here I am, right? And so is that scriptural? To to behold, when she says behold, what does that mean? It means I present to you or basically, okay, here I am. Right? You're telling me that this is what the Lord wants to do for me and through me? Okay, behold, 
I present myself to you. Here I am. So do we get a chance to do that? Do we get a chance to say, behold, Lord, here I am? Romans 12 and 1 says this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him, right? So when you, they, we sang the song today, I give myself away, right? That's the behold, right? We have to be a living sacrifice to God, right? So I got to tell you the truth. I got to tell on the devil and shame him and give glory to God right now. So as I was doing my tithes this week, you know, I thought about that money, right? I usually don't even think about it. It's not even, it's not even a second thought. Like my, I have a budget, right? And my tithe is first. I don't calculate my money. I don't start doing all my bills with my tithes in it. The tithe is separate to God. But this week, church, can you say, but this week? Y'all looking at me like, uh-oh, give me the juice. <laughs> I want to hear it, right? So I'm like, the, the devil put a thought in my mind, which is this. Over all the years, if you had back all the money over all the years that you've been giving, and I stopped them right there, and I said, I, I, would, I, I wouldn't be as blessed as I am right now. I wouldn't be as blessed as I am right now. Because he's a liar. Because what my money has been is seed. And when you plant seed, you get more seed, that dummy. So that would be like saying a farmer should just eat all of his seed and not plant any of it. All right, I might be bigger, but I wouldn't be more blessed, right? Because when I plant seed, it grows more so that I can be a better blessing. So what the enemy was trying to do was trying to get me to eat my seed. And there's no way I'm going to eat my seed. Because my seed I plant this week can produce a harvest for next week or produce a harvest for generations to come. Amen? amen. All right, I was expecting a weaker amen, but that was good. All right, let's keep moving here. All right, so she called herself the handmaid of the Lord. All right, so that means a maid that waits at hand or a female servant or attendant. So even after hearing this lofty blessing and this favor that she's found, she still said, I am a handmaid of the Lord, right? Man, it should make sense why Mary was chosen, right? Even after hearing this, all this stuff that could blow up her head, right? You are highly favored among women. The Lord is with you, right? You're going to carry the Messiah. Still, she was low and said, Hand, I'm just a handmaid of the Lord. I'm just a servant of the Lord. Is this biblical? Is this something that we should do? Matthew 23 and 12 says, whoever exalts themselves shall be humbled, and whoever humbles themselves shall be raised to honor. The next thing she says is this, be it unto me according to thy word. Be it unto me according to thy word. So what is she saying in that moment? I sacrifice my life for the fulfillment of every word you've spoken. And church, this is one of the greatest yeses in human history. Her yes to Gabriel, her yes to God, made a way for every single one of our salvations. You see that? You see the wave of glory, the wave of salvation that happened from her yes? But let me tell you this, church, what about your yes? Who will your yes save? 
Who will your yes have an influence upon if you're willing to say yes? How Mary didn't respond is just as profound as how she did. Listen to this, Luke 9, 59 through 62. Listen to how some people responded to Jesus, okay? He said to another person, come follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, first, let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God, right? You're my servant. You're supposed to do what I say do. That was not the appropriate response. Verse 61, another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you. But first, let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. So Mary could have said, hey, Jesus, I'm planning a wedding. Okay, I'm sorry. Hey, Gabriel, I'm planning a wedding, and this is going to look bad. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, engaged. How am I going to explain being pregnant to my family? This is going to be so embarrassing, right? But she didn't do any of that. She allowed her yes to come forth. She allowed herself to say, be it unto me according to thy word. All right, let's wrap it up. Next, we're going to look at Samuel's response. And, and here's where we're really going to learn something in Samuel's response. 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 11 says this. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in a tabernacle near the ark of God. Okay, so we see a servant that is near, right? Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, church, can you say this with me? A servant's response. That's what we're learning right now. Here's what, here's what Eli told Samuel to say if he heard the voice again. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel. Here's what I want you to walk away with, all right? Of course, I want you to walk away with what you learned about Mary, okay? How she was a humble servant. Before, before she found the favor of God, she was walking in favor with God. That's the key. Walk with God, and you'll obtain the favor of God. With Samuel, we're learning this, that God called Samuel three times, and each time he ran to someone who wasn't calling him. Here's what I want to teach you, saints. As I was talking earlier about my desire to push down my soul through fasting, my mind, my will, my emotions, 
Like if we're not careful, our old selves will rise up and begin to be reactionary to the world again, begin to do things that pleases the flesh. But we learn in 1 John 2, 5 through 15 through 17, it says this, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, one. The lust of the eyes, two. And the pride of life, three. How many times did God call Samuel, uh, Samuel before he realized who it was? Look at my fingers. Three, right? So listen to me. God, Samuel responded three times to someone who wasn't calling him. We've got to be careful and not be so soulish that we think that worldly things are calling us when they're really not, right? We do it at home when we're sitting on the couch. The refrigerator has a voice, doesn't it? Come to me, right? But it's just the flesh talking. It's, just, it's not the voice of God. Come on, we got to get good at this, guys. Come on, I know it's funny, but we got to get good at this. We got to understand that God isn't calling us through the lust of physical and sinful pleasures. So food and fornication and just all these sinful things, say they're not calling you. They're not, that's, well, well, they're, that's not the voice of God that's calling you. They're calling you, but that's not God's voice. Remember, Samuel responded three times to something or someone that wasn't calling him, right? Until he finally got it right on the fourth time. So God isn't calling, say this with me, God isn't calling me through the lust of the flesh. Okay, let's get that, let that settle in. Let that sink in. Father, I thank you that as servants of the Most High God, that we don't respond to lust. We only respond to your voice. Lust is calling forth that old nature that's supposed to be crucified in Christ. But we say, you will not stand in front of our tomb. We will not let lust stand in front of our tomb like Jesus stood in front of the tomb of Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth. Lust, you cannot call us out of the grave. You cannot call us off the cross of Jesus Christ. We will not listen to you. We will not obey you, lust of the flesh. That's the first thing. Number two, God isn't calling us to the lust of sensual and visually stimulating things or through the lust of the eyes. So attractive people that don't belong to us, God, that's not, God is not in that. Uh, our phones, one time God told me this. He said, you know what? You're just so fascinated by that phone by the colors and the moving images, but I can show you things that are way glorious than what you're looking at on that phone. So we got to understand that many of us have a problem thinking it's our phone calling us, right? And it's not even ringing. Man, that's a good one. We're going after our phones and they're not even ringing. We're going after our phones and we're looking at this and looking at that because it's the, it's the, it's the flush, I'm sorry, the flesh, the lust of the eyes. But that second thing is not God. God's not calling us through that. Say this with me, church. God isn't calling me through the lust of my eyes. 
All right, next thing is this. God isn't calling us through the lust of opportunities to think more highly of ourselves. So he's not calling us through riches. He's not calling us through honor. He's not calling us through power, right? He's not calling us into any of those things. So say this with me. God is not calling me through the lust of pride. So we have to understand that he is not calling us in those areas and those things. So we got to be careful of our responses, okay? Because it's not always God that's calling our name. Sometimes it's lust that's trying to call you into things, but that is not the voice of our Lord. Now let's look at again the, the appropriate response that Samuel said, and it was this. Speak, your servant is listening. Speak, your servant is listening. So that is our response when God calls us. Can we stand to our feet this morning? A servant's response is everything. It proves if you're really a servant or not. Someone from a, di a different boss, your boss can't tell me what to do because I don't work for him or her, right? A servant's response is everything. But if my boss tells me to do something, my response is everything because I serve this person. So, Father, I pray for our responses today. I pray that a servant's response, God, is not owed to the world anymore because we don't serve the flesh. Our response is owed to God. So when we read your word, we say, yes, Lord. When we hear your voice, we say, yes, Lord. I thank you, Father God, that we are able to walk even as Mary walked in her service towards you. My final passage today is Luke chapter 1, 46 through 55. Listen to what Mary said. Remember I said it should make sense today at some point why God chose Mary. But you know what else? It should make sense today why God chose you. Listen to what she said. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. Father, I pray your blessings upon us now. Man. Father, you know some of my frustrations in being a pastor. You know I get out of my lane sometimes. You have to remind me, Damien. All you can do is feed them. That's all I ask you to do. You can't control them. You can't give them hunger. You can't make them obedient. You can't make them serve. There's nothing you can do except feed them. So God, I have fed them today. I pray that they receive this word, a servant's response. They don't have to listen to when the flesh rises up. They don't have to listen to the enemy. They don't serve him anymore. But when you call, their response is, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. When you call, their response is, be it unto me as you have spoken. Lord, I pray your blessings upon this, this, this uh, gathering today. And Father, if there's anyone that needs to become a servant again, I pray that humility would come over us right now in Jesus' name. If someone can say, you know what? I am not in the land of favor. I am not where milk and honey is flowing anymore. I'm in the wilderness. But preacher, you told me that if I come back to God, he'll come draw near to me. 
So Father, if there's anyone in here today that will rise up in faith and be bold and say, you know what? I've been living below my means. I've been living below my calling. I know better, it's time to do better. I want to be overshadowed by the power of God. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that I can fulfill the calling he has on my life because he's been so good to me. If that's you today, will you come forward so that we can pray together? If you're tired of where you've been and your desire is to be where God wants you to be, will you say, will you present yourself today and say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Will you humble yourself today and say, I can't do it on my own. I will humble myself under the hand of God and say, God, your hand's always been on me to protect me from this and from that, but I'm ready for your hand to begin to lead me on the path of righteousness. In Jesus' name. Well, Father, I opened that door and I'll be standing here after church if anyone wants to make that decision. I pray your blessings upon every gathering today, those that have a mother to celebrate or to honor. Father, we just thank you for each of the mothers and what they're contributing and what the mothers that were before them were able to do by your grace and power. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you so much for coming. If any of you need prayer, you're welcome to come forward. Mothers, again, we invite you to the North Sanctuary to take a flower and take pictures uh, with your family or someone can take a picture for you. Thank you. God bless you.